Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish. And this week, we do a check-in on our goals that we set for the year and sort of see how we're going to course correct. And oddly talk about ancient Rome a lot. Why do I... I only have a, a picture of what looks like you superimposed on Han Solo. Is that what that is? No, that's an actual picture of me from 2006. Really? Yeah. I was in him. a Western once. Mm. You you look a lot like uh, Han Solo. You are the second person to tell me that in my lifetime. <laughs> the other one what? was Carrie Attaway in sophomore Spanish. Carrie... Attaway. Attaway in sophomore Spanish. Yeah, and that Spanish class was dope. It was just, dope? Me, and, it was just me and her, no one else. Why, why were you in such a small Spanish class? I went to a small school. There were only 100 kids in the entire school. And was this in Alaska? No, this was here in Tucson. What the fuck? What school only has 100 students? It's called Immaculate Heart High School. Oh, boy. And so, yeah, it was just the two of us. So we got through all the lessons really fast. Uh huh. So every other week we watched Selena. <laughs> uh huh. So I feel like I learned a little bit of Spanish and a lot about Selena. Yeah. That, I mean, that year. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, all right then. Well, so then I guess I'm the second person. So it's not novel information. Well, that's like a solid. 11 year gap no more than that that's like a solid 15 year gap no more than that <laughs> oh my goodness how old am i i don't know you sound really old dude that's like a 20 year gap oh my fucking god wow anyway glad, I, uh, we're, glad we're starting off on a high note yeah that we're realizing how old you are i uh i didn't uh or I, I messed up with Spanish because I tested out a first year when I got to college. And uh, they they told me that, like, oh, looks like you're going for a science major. You uh, only need to do two semesters of, of a foreign language. So in my case, Spanish. So if I tested out a first year, that would be two semesters. But because I was still, like, stuck in the high school mentality where I was thinking of everything in context of years like you didn't do things in semesters right right so i was just like okay so i have to take a whole nother year of spanish so i took a whole nother year of spanish in college and then i realized that i didn't have to and so i was one class away from a spanish minor and then i never did it go figure i kind of had the same experience i um i signed i applied for uh, creative writing for my bachelor's mm -hmm. and uh, we took the math assessment test and I tested into uh, pre-calculus or calculus, uh -huh. calculus one. And I was like, I guess I got to take this math class because this is the one I tested into and I need math credits on my, for my degree. And it turns out I tested out of my math. So I could have done some crossword <laughs> puzzle class or something. Yeah. You could have done something a whole, like a lot different with your time. Right. And that calculus class was terrible. It was the worst. Yeah, mine was pretty bad too. I, I think it was taught by a uh, a grad student who had never had any teaching experience before or anything like that, which, you know, I mean, you all have to start somewhere, but with something that has such a high uh, 
learning curve as calculus does already, like intrinsically. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's a pretty that's a pretty big mistake to to put someone with like weak teaching skills in that kind of a position. Was it you that telling me that uh, certain science colleges make the intro classes super hard? Yeah, to weed out all the naysayers. That's probably a terrible word, but <laughs> uh, I mean naysayers. Not not so much naysayers, but to weed out the people who um, like they just think won't be able to graduate. Or basically, I think it has to do with um, with funding, right? Because if you have uh, and you you have nationally ranked programs, or maybe even internationally ranked programs, I'm not really sure. Uh, but basically, like let's take uh, like I know this is true. For instance, for engineering, if you have a whole bunch of engineers, but they perform really poorly in all the classes, then that means your programs are generally ranked pretty low. So the way that you avoid that is you intrinsically make the intrinsically isn't the right word, but um, you you make the introductory courses, the prerequisites to get into the higher level courses that are actually engineering very difficult. And in that way, you weed out the people who are going to drag down your scores basically so clever clever yeah so that's why like for instance um my dad is always at odds with the uh i mean he also just wants to teach the material and that's kind of where this kind of all crosses up into like dumb um work politics and uh and you know people's education hanging in the balance and shit like that but what it comes down to is he just wants to teach the material but you have to teach it to its full capacity like like engineers need to know how to do calculus based physics like that that's just how it goes right. but the engineering professors are getting frustrated because the physics prof professors are failing a lot of their students like they're like, why, why are you just like, why don't you just pass them through, pass them through mm -hmm. so that they continue doing engineering degrees. But it's like that. I mean, the whole idea is that you gain competency in that subject. So I don't know, fall somewhere in the middle. I've, I've kind of started not, I'm, I'm not anti-college, but I'm starting to see. The, you sound very anti-college lately. Uh, I've, I've started becoming a little anti-college lately just because I'm starting to see the value in a lot of other uh, sources of education. Mm -hmm. And I think that some things that universities do would be borderline criminal or like, for instance, you're taking a, a high value loan at a very early age that you can't even declare bankruptcy against. You know what I mean? Like, the, right. It's, it's just like they follow, they make up their own rules and they make up their own practices. They have... Um, a position in the college. So the reason why tuition is so high is because they have, they've created novel jobs within the university. Uh, like for instance, the chief diversity officer, like you've heard of the CEO and the CFO and all that kind of stuff. Now there's also a CDO, which is a chief diversity officer, which is like, that's bullshit. We don't need that. And this guy is definitely getting a six figure salary and that money has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And because we've created a society where we keep saying, oh, everyone has to go to college, everyone has to go to college, that justifies it. That now it's like, well, what are you going to do, not get a degree? So then you go and you get your degree and you pay the salary for some guy who shouldn't be having a job, basically, or at least shouldn't be paid that fucking much. Well, going back to that politics of it all speech, have you seen uh, I, Tanya yet? I did. I did see I, Tanya. I, I thought all it was right. really good. I thought it was good, too. But it was it's that whole... Not that I, I think she's great or anything, but her whole the fight the the big fight I saw her fighting the whole time was she wasn't she didn't want to play the game. 
Yeah. She wanted to just skate and have it be about skating. Right. And not about like, you know, the costumes, the pageantry, the, you know, what have you. Right. Because she physically could do things other people could not do at the time. But right. Because she couldn't afford, you know, fur coats or fancy leather leotards. I don't know if that's what they wear. I'm not a expert in <laughs> figure skating, but me neither. But I could see where her frustrations were coming from about why is this? A, why is it a game? Why do I? Why do I have to play the game to get ahead in this sport? Yeah, yeah. I mean, de- definitely. Um, but I think it also like at first I think it was about playing the game, but then it became about like, oh, well, you're just like a bad representation. Like they didn't want her to be the face of female figure skating, right? Which, yeah, I mean, I guess that is that is uh, what happens when you don't play the game or whether you play the game or whatever. Yeah, I mean, so so what you're saying is that's just like kind of part of it? I don't know. I, I feel like I don't play the game well either. But, <laughs> and I, I often just wish it was just about, you know, yeah, the talent, just about the, the quality art. of your work. Yeah, Right, and it, it shouldn't have to be about the person and, and all that crazy stuff, but... But it, it's a, it's a, at least, you know, a big part of it. It's a, it's a, the game, man, the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm, I'm figuring out. Have you ever read, um, read or listened to, or even seen like a YouTube summary of, uh, the 48 laws of power? No, I've put the book on a bookshelf before when I went to <laughs> Barnes and Noble. Oh, okay. So, so you're vaguely familiar. Um, it's one of those books where, it, you have to make sure that when you're reading it, you're not taking everything at face value. Like, uh, what did we, what did we say? Was that last week's episode where we were talking about, um, or maybe it was the one before that where we were talking about, uh, accept the best discard the rest or whatever. Oh my goodness. I was going to make a quote box out of that and I forgot to. That's okay. We can, I'm bringing it up again now so we can make another quote, but I'll, I'll, uh, the, the, the Adobe studio thing I've been using on my phone crashes all the time. And I'm wondering if it's just because my phone sucks or it just doesn't work for droid or I don't know what. I think it's your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clever. Keep speaking the phone crash. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, so the 48 laws of power, don't take it all up. It's like surface value. Like don't read it and think that, uh, everything in there is like gold and you have to follow this advice and blah, 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 you know, whatever. Like some of it has some historical significance. A lot of it is probably just, um, storytelling, but like some of them have like real world application. And, uh, that's kind of what I'm learning a lot or, or, I'm reflecting a lot on it currently with work, you know, because there's certain things that I have to do to make sure I'm playing the game well. Uh-huh. Like, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's rule number one in the book actually is d- uh, don't outshine the master. And I realize that that's been uh, a problem for me before. Is that and this is this may read as like a little bit of a humble brag, but. <laughs> But um, but I think that's been an issue for me before, which is where I come out, you know, guns blazing, trying to make a name for myself or something. And then someone who's been in that position for a long time or who I'm reporting to feels as though I'm trying to, like, radically change things or I'm trying to take control away from them or something. So then they start, like, fighting back against something that I'm not even aware of. Right. So I'm trying to be more... Uh, uh, collaborative, I guess you could say. Um 
working on my good ideas, but not necessarily letting people take credit for it, but, but kind of being a little bit more collaborative with them instead of, um, kind of instituting sweeping new policies and my own little attitionisms and stuff like that. Right. Cause when you come in guns blazing, you know, what are people going to do? Like their natural reaction is to be defensive. Yeah. So exactly. they're going to automatically shut down and not even be open to anything you bring to the table just because you come off so blunt and so punching your face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pr- precisely. So I'm, I'm just trying to mellow out my, my tactics a little bit and, uh, and play the game, do the, do the I Tanya thing. Yeah. I Tanya, I Tanya, bro. Let's, let's go <laughs> knock out some knees. Let's hire some trailer trash assassins. Yeah, I I actually I think that was that was uh I think the actual event happened when I was too young oh to understand any of that. I remember it very well. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> um but so it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of just like um like American Crime Story the OJ one uh-huh. where I kind of like vaguely know of the event, but I didn't know all the ins and outs. So it was really cool. I I I really li- I'm starting to find out that I really like those kind of um those kind of like movies or TV shows where it's about like a historical event and like pans it out in an entertaining way, as opposed to just like a straight up documentary format. I watched that verdict hearing in school. They put it on the TV. Uh, the, the Tanya Harding. No, the OJ Simpson one. The OJ one. Yeah. Wow. I remember watching it in class and everybody thinking like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and there's this like rich spoiled white kid that was really happy that OJ was not guilty. What? And I'm like, he was like jumping in his chair, really excited that they found him not guilty. That that was just like um, when I was in high school, uh, I think my senior year was when Barack Obama was running for president. It was 2008, right? He got elected. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yes, we can. That- yeah, that was the first. That was the first time, right? Yeah. Because okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because then 2012 and now 2016, Trump. Okay, yeah. Story checks out. Um, and there were like a select group of kids, and it was kind of implied that there was some like racial undertones about this, but I, I don't think like I think that was all. I don't know. Hard to say. I, I don't want to make any make any assumptions, even though I. I think there probably was, but there was like a small group of kids who were handing out flyers in the parking lot before school. That was like all about don't elect Obama. And I just couldn't, couldn't believe that a, the same people who I've like, I kind of grew up around. So I knew I I had picked up on the thread. I picked up on their character. All of a sudden they had become so politically aware that they felt justified in espousing their their leanings, you know, towards us. And it's like, what the fuck do you know? Like, we we've been in the same homeroom together. Like, I know that you're an idiot, right? Why, right. Why I don't know why you feel so comfortable. Just you know, whatever. But isn't that a, a, a famous quote that you know the basically saying that stupid stupider people are generally the loudest? Uh, stupid is a stupid does. Is that what you're going for from your favorite movie, your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Which one's that? Is that Forrest Gump? Uh huh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Usually, st- the dumbest people I know are usually the loudest people. 
Except for you. You're very loud, uh, just in general. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's not even the first time this week I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I would be afraid to tell you any secrets just because you would just yell it in the middle of a bar. <laughs> and you I mean, think you're whispering. You have that uh, modular uh, disease that Will Ferrell has on SNL. <laughs> where he's monotone and super loud and he talks like this and he's just loud <laughs> and i am whispering well you know um first of all i think <laughs> that if that is true which i'm i'm not even going to uh i'm not even going to respond to that really um or at least the the accuracy of that statement but even if that were to be true i'm really doing you a favor man because because uh, the more just open and honest we are in life, the more things open up and the, more, the, better, the better things can be. So holding secrets or holding things deep down inside you that you're ashamed of or that you don't want to spill out to other people, I mean, that's just holding you back. I'm really doing you a favor by yelling at the bar. All uh, right. I, I'll agree with that. But if we're talking trash about somebody across the bar, <laughs> you're the worst person to do that with. Oh, no, I'm not. I, I maintain my cool. If I don't make fun of some bro in a sleeveless shirt <laughs> and his, I don't know, Kango, Kegel, Kangle. I don't think Kegel. Kegel hat. It's like, come on, get out of here. <laughs> and then you would yell it out super loud. Ha ha. He has no sleeves. He has no sleeves and a Kegel hat. But yeah. Well. So uh, last week we talked about follow-ups. Or how to follow up. Yeah. And I kind of, when I presented the idea, I was kind of thinking that we would do just a general follow up, mm -hmm. not, not how to follow up. Oh, <laughs> but uh, I, I took that to mean something entirely different. Yeah, and I thought we could probably mix it up how to follow up and like follow ups on things that we've been working on. It's, it's what, March now? It is March. It is the first week of March. Or, I mean, I te technically happy, we're in the second week. Happy but. March, man. Today's the 5th of March when this the podcast is released. 10 days till the Ides of March. So beware. What, what is the Ides of March? It's the 15th of March. What are the Ides and why beware them? I don't understand. Isn't that the, a Caesar beware thing? The, Isn't that a Caesar? Julius Caesar? Uh, I don't know. It could be. I really only know the... Et tu brute and like that shit. Et tu brute. Yeah, isn't that what it is? Um, sure. That sounds. When cool. he's getting all stabbed up. Who uh, who invented the Caesar salad? That's <laughs> I want to know. Probably the Greeks. Mm. I don't know why yeah. I said that. I was. I, I apologize to all the Greek people out there if that's not true because <laughs> that's kind of a. Yeah, it's a leaping assumption. Very leaping. Well, so but it yeah, is um, the the the, the et tu brute whatever. Mm -hmm. that, that happened on the Ides of March. Oh, he got stabbed on March 15th. Yeah. Oh, and and therefore we should all beware it. Well, he, he should have. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an, I mean, definitely that's an example of some shit that right out of the, the laws of power. You have to, what, keep your enemies or keep your friends close and your enemies closer and never outshine the master and blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you end up getting stabbed in the Senate. Uh-huh. Anyway, so it's March now, so we're in the third month of 2018 already. Right. And uh, so we, we you know, kind of established some goals in December and some things we kind of wanted to accomplish this year. Uh, 
I guess we could kind of call this our, our 90 day review, although not really. Well, yeah, kind of. Uh, so, uh, how's, how's your progress going with all that? Uh, I feel like I've hit uh, a lot of walls lately. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I, I talked to my potential investor. Mm-hmm. I got shot down. Uh, so now I got to find more investors. Yeah. So now I got to go play the game and I don't want to. Mm. Um, I set some goals to build a larger audience and I feel like my numbers are slowly going up. Yeah. In, in my regard, in terms of building an audience, my numbers are technically going up, but yeah, it is a very slow crawl, which I think is probably a good thing. I'd rather have like, like what we were talking about an inch deep mile wide, right? Or mile wide, mile, mile deep. Inch, 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 inch wide, inch mile wide. deep. Right. <laughs> Not mile wide, mile deep. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Uh, that sounds that sounds like a mess. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of like content you have to curate and all that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, so your audience is growing slowly and steadily. I I don't know. I I don't like what would how would you define growth? Well. I suppose that depends on the on the metrics that you're taking. For instance, for me, while I don't have that large of an audience in anything that I'm doing, I get a whole lot of engagement every time. Right. Every time I post something, every time I, uh, you know, I, uh, try and uh, write anything or anytime I do whatever, anytime I send something out, I get quite a bit of feedback back and I get quite a bit of uh you know, response and, and engagement on it. So even though my uh, my spread isn't that large, I do feel like I'm getting kind of I don't have that mile deep because I think I think by definition, if you have that mile deep uh, engagement or you know inch inch wide mile deep, then people are willing to actually buy your shit and and do that. And while I don't think I'm there yet, I think there's a, f- a f- I'm I'm approaching. Uh-huh. So, so it kind of depends on the metrics that you're looking at. Like, are you just looking at how many people are uh, able to see all your stuff or how many people are following you or whatever on your email list, yada, yada, or how many people are actually engaging with your stuff? And then as a, the, the next, the next like field over would be how many people are actually buying your stuff. So um, I feel like I'm not even at that point yet. I feel like I'm at a point where I am attempting to do new things that I've never done before. Yeah. And actually creating those things on a consistent basis and uploading in places so they're available. I think the step I haven't taken yet is the sharing with my already close circle of friends and family. Right. And I don't know why I don't want to do that, but I just haven't. Uh, I think it's because you feel like you don't have anything finished or anything of any substance yet. So it, am I correct in that assumption or do you think that's kind of out of element? Well, I think the the thing I, I was, I, I like to put up roadblocks for myself and I got to stop doing that where I kind of, I do this thing where I put, kind of put all my eggs in one basket and up, yeah. in, up until this weekend, it kind of has worked. So usually when I say, Hey, I'm going to do this and this is going to happen and it usually does. And it's never too difficult. Kind of like you in school, apparently, because you're so smart. I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, usually I say, hey, I'm going to make this project. And it usually happens uh, smoothly. Yeah. You know, there's no road bumps. Uh, somebody 
bounces out last minute, someone replaces them. And, it, and you know, there are, you know, tiny obstacles to overcome, but it's never like a, like a giant a roadblock I have to like chip out away, chip away every mm-hmm. day. You know, it's just, it usually just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm not in that. I haven't been in that boat for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, man. Um, well, I think you, uh, have to kind of paradigm shift here or, or kind of look at things in a new perspective. And I know I tout that kind of philosophy shit all the time, but I, I have started appreciating it more in, in the way that it has been affecting me and, you know, what's good for one doesn't always work out for others. But I think, uh, maybe a system of like smaller victories are mm-hmm. kind of, you know, what you should be aiming towards because you, you have like a, a large picture, like a, a, a huge project or like a huge kind of idea of what your success looks like, which is great because that's, that's the first part. I think a lot of people, myself included, don't or didn't have that going in. And so if you don't have that from the get go, then like everything you do is kind of aimless and directionless. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of like taking pot shots out there and you're not actually sure what the target is. So you're never going to hit the fucking bullseye. Right. I mean, right. So you actually have that and that's great, but you are essentially, I think you're setting yourself up in a, in a sort of way where if you don't achieve the, the large goal success that you're looking for, then you see that as a, as a miss, you know what I mean? And if, if that's the case, then, then you're kind of like, well, then, okay, well, I'm not quite ready to, you know, throw out my big movie because I haven't made my big movie and I haven't done whatever and, you know, this. So therefore, you know, that my, my target, you know, can't really be achieved right now. So I'm, I'm kind of like aimless. I'm kind of lost, but there's like a series of like, um, of, um, of, of kind of like smaller goals and smaller victories that, that I think you can set up that will kind of get the ball rolling for you, which is something that um, I've only recently started looking into. Have you heard of a uh, DISS? D-I-S-S? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've heard of uh, what a, I've heard of what a DISS is. Yeah. Not, not that kind of diss. Um, this might be a good exercise for us to work through and for our listeners to work through. Um, Maybe we maybe we talk about it next week. Maybe we talk about it next month, sometime like that. But it's basically starting, and this starts from the. It stems from the concept of meta learning, but I think it can be kind of attributed to anything. Like for instance, um, meta learning. Meta learning. I've like, got this gr- great book. Self aware learning. Um, Is that, no. Did you just pull out a no, Bible. I didn't pull out a Bible. Yeah. See, I've got my video feed going. You don't have your video feed going, but. If we ever get to a format where we, that's uh, just a big fat doing... book that says principles. Yeah. Okay. Is that a, so a if... list of all the principles in the country? Huh? Is that a list of school principles? No. God oh. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we ever get to a point where we uh, do a video format on this podcast, which could be interesting, I don't know. Um, uh, this, this, what I was doing just now may have been actually useful for, but for, um, the listeners, I've, I'm about halfway through this book called principles by Ray Dalio. And, um, 
basically it's just like a really successful investment guy, blah, 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 blah. Like, like forget all about that. Cause that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is I'm starting to see a lot of uh, connections. You know how a lot of these books say a bunch of shit and some of it seems kind of like philosophical or like, you know, it, it's something that you have to have faith in, like, mm-hmm. you know, the law of attraction or love. And it's just like, no, you just have to believe it. You know what I mean? And that is hard for skeptics such as myself to get behind. When you see enough people saying the same thing, you start to kind of, um, you, you start to kind of place value in it. So for instance, um, Tim Ferriss just published a book called, uh, there was Tools of Titans and then there's Tribe of Mentors. And I forget which one came second, but the second one is the one I'm referring to. And in it, or no, maybe the first one, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Um, he realized that most of the people that he that he interviewed who were successful and what's their deal, he realized they all do some form of like morning meditation before they go to work. And so I haven't started trying this yet or anything like that. But it, it's like if you see that many people doing it, then you can kind of figure out that, okay, there has to be something to it. Maybe not in the sense that it's pitched to be, but you can probably get some utility out of it. Uh So one of those things that I've been seeing repetitive patterns for is um, it's, it's not called dis in, in a lot of uh, it's mostly called meta learning or like speed learning or something like that. Why'd you call it dis? uh, Because somebody else called it dis, but I already forget who. So, Um. (laughs) <laughs> I'm of no help there. Mary J. Pudge. Yeah, let's let's say that. But this is the acronym. Um, shit, I I definitely should have uh, looked this up while I was talking about it. Um, but uh, basically, it's it's a system uh, f- in which you can you can break down. So so meta learning, you can break down any task or any skill or anything like that into uh into components you know what i mean so you break everything into discernible discrete components so what's the minimum amount of stuff that i uh, that i can uh that i can build up this massive skill or this project with you know what i mean so that's the d the deconstruction yes yeah deconstruction um you know what what are the units that like i can kind of start i can break this skill down into multiple things Right. So or maybe if it's not a skill, maybe for you, you want to uh, you want to grow your audience or you want to you want to have um, your your production company get to the forefront of people's minds in Tucson for video production work and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that include? Audience building. um, It includes some networking. It includes you producing video work, um, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, you can you can figure out what components are parts of uh, of this of this goal or of this skill or anything like that. Uh-huh. And then there's selection that which of these blocks are going to give you the most utility, the most value. Right. So working on like um, if I'm talking about uh, if I'm talking about losing weight, for instance, Let's say that was my my skill or my task or whatever. You can break that down into uh, a workout thing, a diet thing, and a uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what other components go into that, right? Right, because you're naturally thin and your metabolism is just so fast. I mean, for now, 
<laughs> for now. I'm only, well, we'll see what happens when I turn 30. So basically, but, basically this whole system is about just taking your big picture and chunking it down into smaller things to accomplish along the way. Right, exactly. I, I feel like I'm doing that. I just haven't seen any results yet. I think I'm getting impatient with that. So I just need to trust the process, mm, I yeah. guess. I mean, I totally get it. I, I get frustrated when I don't, I'm, I'm kind of an immediate results kind of guy myself. Like I'm, I'm very results driven. And so if I don't see that right away, it's kind of hard for me to see the forest through the trees and, um, and have faith in the process that I know everything's going to work out. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Right. Right. But I mean, I think that's part of the, uh, part of the game and, and you're generally like, you're a, you're a really skilled, uh, list builder. Like that's your, you're really good at it to do lists. So, yeah. Well, to do lists or like anything, like you're, you're a good, like I'm a good note taker in a kind of different sense in that I'm good at accumulating everything, but you're really good at like figuring out what you need to do. And you're really good at like kind of doing that deconstruction step. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's like just having a constant analysis on it. Like, all right, what worked this time? How could it have gone better? Could it have gone better at all? Maybe if it couldn't have gone better, maybe this isn't the right way to do it. You know, that kind of like constant analytical thought process on it. Um, yeah, and, and just have faith in the process. I think you're, you're getting along there. I watched um, your newest video. I thought it was really good. Uh, which video? The, the screenplay one? Is that your newest? Uh, how to Write a First Draft? Yeah. Yeah, that was my latest one. That, was, that came out last week. Yeah, I, I think that's really good. Do you have a separate YouTube channel for that? No, I only have one YouTube channel. I, I thought about making two YouTube channels, but yeah, that was my my thought on it. Um, have you heard of a guy called the Nerd Writer? Yes, I have. Do you like his stuff? I think I do. Every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I have, a, um, I have is some issues with some video essayist on the YouTube. Yeah, uh, just because I don't know. Well, that's, my, that's like a second. That's another fear I have about the YouTube is becoming a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. You don't want you are trying to set up something that's a whole lot different and a whole kind of like larger scope than that. You don't want to basically pigeonhole yourself into one type of like kind of smaller medium. Right. And I feel like uh, YouTube's been kind of weird and wonky lately for a lot of YouTubers. But yeah, I, I really I'm not a bit I, whatever. I don't care about that. But I think the thought behind having one YouTube channel is that it's not about trying to build multiple followships. Yeah. But I was trying, I'm thinking about ways to make content that's more broad and not mm. so specific. So like, yes, it was a uh, YouTube video on how to make a first draft of a screenplay, but it, uh -huh. I think you can apply that to a lot of your first drafts in general, the ideas behind it, you know? Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, because the, the like the tips were, you know, you're afraid to face your blank page. Just take five minutes at a time, or yeah, you know, if you have, uh, out, you can outline and like procrastinate on your planning process, but you need to finish your document at some point. So you got to start writing it. So just do it. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, I guess what I'm what I'm kind of saying, or what I'm asking you to do, is take a step back and recognize, like, do you feel that the video that you produced, the the screenplay one, and like all the all the previous like the vlogs and everything like that, do you feel as though that is a component of the larger scale mission that you're trying to achieve? Yes, I do. That's why I'm doing them. 
Right. They're well, like the so little tiny steps I'm taking. They're, they're yeah. part of the smaller step process. So it's like even though you you are getting um, maybe some anxiety or you're feeling frustrated about the fact that you're not getting the immediate results that you want, you're still chugging along the path. And do like some of these op- – I, I at least have the belief that some of these opportunities to, to really take that leap to getting yourself – like making these large strides – uh, are th- these opportunities will present themselves from your smaller strides. Y- right. You see right. what I mean? Yeah. Like I think, I think the more and more of these videos that you do, I think it'll become kind of a proof of concept. You know what I mean? You will establish a, you know what you're doing. B, you have persistence. C, you have like something worth saying, like you, you actually have something that's interesting and also presented in a good way and likable and, you know, whatever, like all, all these different kind of things, like whatever traits we can kind of uh, associate with your work. And if we have that, then, you know, the slow and slow build, it may not be in the immediate sense or it may not even be the audience that you have intrinsically built, but I think it, it'll only create a positive feedback loop. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I thought that was a, a, that was a really great development at least. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of can, I, I can appreciate the position that, you know, you're just like, fuck, I feel like I'm stalling out or I'm not getting the progress that I wanted, but you know, at least you're like, that's kind of, I think we've done episodes upon episodes about that where it's like you, are still going to keep working in a direction, testing and retesting and kind of seeing where things fit and how things work and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm, and that's at least a really uh, a positive thing. Right, right. I mean, so, so, yeah, so I've been trying to, I feel like this podcast was a huge step for me. I mean, we're episode 25, man. I know. We're, we're a quarter of a hundred. Uh, right. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, we ju- we just have to do this <laughs> four times over, and then we've got a hundred episodes, right? And and I feel like we've been posting regularly, and it's out there. We have you know a small following of listeners. Yeah, it always surprises me. Uh, you know, when you send me the metrics and everything like that, it always kind of surprises me how many people are actually consistently listening. That's the that's the interesting part. Yeah, and so. I th- doing this podcast, making those YouTube videos. I've only done three YouTube videos, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's four is not a lot, not 25. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a small building process. I, I kind of, I agree with that because the podcast has not only given me sort of a space for me to formulate my ideas. And then I, um, I always wait about like, if I do ever re-listen episodes, cause sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but if I do ever do it, I wait until like a week after so we can see kind of what, what actual pool we're getting, uh-huh. you know, with people with, before I start listening and downloading things. Um, but it's, it's kind of become like a great way to, to record the ideas or kind of the the general frameworks that that I'm trying to build in my mind, because that allows me to reflect on the parts that I actually care about, which would, will then become uh, repetitions. Like we'll see the same things out of me in multiple episodes, because that means that that's the part that I like, or that's the part that I'm like trying to focus on or, or the, the skill I'm trying to build or the, you know, the way I'm trying to take my career or anything like that. And, uh, 
it, it's just been really helpful in that regard. Um, and it's also definitely made me a lot less afraid to put stuff out, which, which that was the real hurdle for me. I think everything that I do is dog shit. So, <laughs> right. So that's, that's the part I'm working on, but, but I think you're making some pretty big strides. I mean, so if you, I guess on a number scale from one to 10, um, because we had our goal set for 2018. So a 10 would be that you feel like you will 100% based on the, the three months that we've done so far. Although really it's only been two months in 2018. Cause if you think about it, we've only completed two months. So, right, right. So just like that, I just gained us back another month, <laughs> but, um, like from, from one to 10, how confident are you based on these two months that you will achieve those goals by end of year? Uh, right now it's not pretty high. Not like, very high. I'm at like a five. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, but it's, 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 that's the thing. It's like, this isn't, it's not all wine and roses all the time. I mean, I feel good doing what I'm doing. It's just, I'm, I'm not, you know, seeing the results yet. It's kind of like week two of working out, you know? Yeah. The first week you lose all the water weight and then second week, nothing really happens. I yeah. know this from the biggest loser. <laughs> no, I don't watch that show. No, everyone has been recently going crazy over the new uh, Queer Eye. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Me neither. I've uh, yeah, I've been too. I've noticed that too. People are like, oh, I've been crying watching this episode. Yeah, and and I thought that uh, at least maybe my impression was wrong, but my impression of at least the the first se- season or the first like series run through back when it was just on regular television, I thought it was just one of those like goofy shows like like hell's kitchen or like whatever, where we're supposed to see drama clashing between two different groups of people. And then they all kind of get together at the end of the episode and blah, blah, blah. Like I thought that's what it was. I didn't think it was something that had that much of an emotional investment. I don't know. Only one way to find out, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, what about you? You said you're going to do things like write every day and yeah. So, and eat more kale or something like that. (laughs) I definitely didn't say eat more kale. Kale is poison. Um, I had a duck and kale salad the other day. Did I tell you about this? Duck and kale? Yeah. It was basically uh, kale and duck and a little bit of dressing and some and a lot of onion. And ooh. I had mixed feelings about it. Yeah, that sounds like I would have mixed feelings about it. So writing every day. How's that going? Okay. So... um yeah, I think much like you, or I think in, in certain ways, you and I are very uh, similar, in the, particularly in this way, in that the way that we view what we've done and what we are going to do vacillates basically daily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In that, like certain days, I feel like I'm absolutely crushing it. Like, I feel like, okay, I'm, you know, all whatever quotients that I really care about, you know, like I've got my, my work that I do day to day, but then I've got my long-term goals and then I've got my, you know, short-term things. Did I do this? Did I do that? Like the individual day-to-day stuff. Some days I feel like, oh man, I'm hitting everything. I'm doing everything really well. And then some days I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I really haven't accomplished what I wanted to or anything like that. Um, so I'm kind of right there in the middle as well. So maybe we need to 
analyze how to kind of pick up the pace on our goals in terms of uh, because my my goals got a little bit rearranged when I took this job, but not quite like I'm, I'm still kind of on track in a lot of ways because uh, like this past two weeks or so, I've been handed some pretty big projects on how to like basically I fix I'm, I'm fixing a lot of issues that are there uh, because the the company that I work for um, they they you know I can't go like too much into specifics but they they started selling things in a in a very novel way you know many years ago uh-huh. and um, just as we've seen things you know, the real front runners kind of change the way things are sold or the way that things are developed all that kind of stuff like the Amazons of the world and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, other companies struggle to keep up with that kind of a, that kind of a paradigm shift. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. And it's, it's, uh, really kind of validating because I, for the most part, sort of have free reign on that. Like, obviously I report to people, but it's, it's interesting that, you know, I can, my job kind of hinges on me being a little bit like learning how to be an abstract thinker. Um, and so I do a lot of like lateral thinking sort of stuff. It's, it's not really about the way that I'm used to operating, which is that I take notes over everything. So I have the answer. I, I know, you know, I can, I can recite to you what the the different parts of the brain and what each one is responsible for and what we, what studies have seen, what, you know, that was an entirely different way of thinking. Like now I'm, I am kind of forced in a way to think about or to, to think solutions oriented in abstract ways. So in that sort of sense, I think I'm getting closer towards my goal of, um, of consulting Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, kind of make building up that, that name for myself and, and that sort of quote unquote audience building. Like it's not audience building because I don't work in, in that kind of, um, field, but, it it definitely it's starting to ring true that this is this is getting me closer to that line of work like this is definitely getting me closer to that you know i'm every day mentally getting into the space that the people who are success, successful at um you know uh business and solutions consulting you know uh are so so in that regard that's going well um in terms of writing i think i've kind of been a little unfocused and I don't mean in the sense that like, Oh, I haven't made a habit of it or I haven't been writing all that much because I have. But the problem is, is that my, my end goal on that is changing way too frequently. Mm -hmm. Like at first I was just trying to build up my own individual systems, but then I realized or not, I realized, but then I started to think that maybe I was trying to target the wrong sort of people Um, because, because I was starting to realize maybe the people like the audience that I'm actually resonating with the people who maybe I do have not a mile wide reach, but an inch reach, but then I can go a mile deep. Maybe those people are a different audience than some of these, um, companies that I would like to consult for and like teach them, you know, uh, optimization, uh, uh, strategies, but, but maybe the people that I'm writing for, uh, are kind of a different, different crowd or a a different audience. So then I started thinking, well, who are the people that like, I really kind of hold a lot of, uh, clout, I guess would be the way to say that. Or, or like, who are the people who, for instance, tune in 
to listen to us figure out these problems or, right. or give suggestions on how to do stuff. And I realized those are generally younger people around my age group um, who, you know, plus or, plus or minus, you know, six years, give or take, probably not minus six years. I don't know if anyone who's 20 is listening to it. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> it seems like the new thing to do is become a take entrepreneur. Yeah. A, a fucking business wonderkin. Right. But, um, so yeah, precisely. So I figured out that maybe that's the audience because all the people who are kind of reaching out to me for advice or all the, all the smaller businesses that I, you know, just talk to on a regular basis, it's kind of a younger, you know, people who don't really, who are in the process right now, as opposed to, you know, um, Oh, we've already constructed our business. We already have our frameworks. So I come in and optimize. That's obviously what my line of work is. But in terms of for published work, maybe I should be focusing my attention elsewhere. And so I, I ended up kind of just waffling between those ideas way too much. And so now I've kind of got content that's a, a little too widespread. Right. So it's like I'm. It makes it makes it kind of hard to see. Okay which direction am I actually trying to go with this a, which is like, I mean, that's probably what I need to figure out first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then B, uh, I just forgot B. <laughs> that's your problem right there. You don't know that's, what 40, that's my problem right there. No. Um, and then, and then B is, is trying to like curate and keep all that stuff up and running. So, my problem has has sort of stemmed away from it, it's actually now that i'm thinking about it it's very classic uh it's a very classic atish strategy to to stay um downstream you know what i mean yeah where i don't make a choice i i don't like make a hard choice or i don't do you know whatever uh and in that way, I don't limit myself from not doing something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't draw that hard line in the sand, well, then you don't ever have to cross it. Like you're always, you can just do whatever. And I, I feel that, like I'm the opposite. I, I draw a hard line in the sand and I wait for everyone to come to it. Mm, that's interesting. So you like to stand downwind and smell everyone's farts. Well, I, <laughs> I believe I said downstream. <laughs> and I like to stand upwind and fart and hope everyone likes it enough to come towards it. <laughs> I think there's our title. Yep, upstream. I think that's downstream. This week's upstream downstream tactics. Um, so, uh, so kind of like you, I, I feel like kind of like a five out of ten because on the one hand, I have created a good habit of writing, and and sometimes it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do a paragraph, but I don't delete it right away. You know what I mean? Like some days, all I'm accomplishing is a paragraph. But that's okay. Like I, I've I've started using that that Pomodoro technique. Do you know what I'm talking? Pomodoro? Maybe it's something else. Uh, it's, uh, did you just make that up? No. Are you hacking <laughs> your flow state? Um, it it is it is a strategy about hacking your flow state. Yeah, it's it's basically where you set a timer for 25 minutes and you you cannot stop until that time is up. But once that time's up, you force yourself to take a break. Like you can't just don't roll over and just keep going. Right. You know what I mean? And then this way it kind of creates these very workable chunks that you're, that you just know that like, okay, my brain is on and I'm just going and maybe this will be usable. Maybe it's not, but I'm just going to do it. 
you know, and, and some people like, I think yourself, you're really good at kind of managing yourself like that. Like just, okay, I'm going to write today, mm-hmm. but my, myself, I'm, you know, I, I have to kind of like work out systems in which it, it kind of makes me do it. So on the one hand, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the complexity and the autonomy of the work that I'm doing. And also the, um, the fact that I've been writing more, the part that I'm not happy about is that I, or, or I don't feel like I've progressed all that much, or I haven't been, I'm not on track with, to meet my goals for 2018 is, um, I, I still kind of haven't mapped things out completely. Like I've, I've definitely made it more concrete what my end goal is. And I've definitely had a more concrete assessment of where I am now, but the stepwise functions and what, what specific methodology and also, you know, who I'm trying to kind of be or what my voice is during this whole thing, who I'm trying to curate to like who my audience is, like all those kind of intermediary steps. I feel like I'm kind of, uh, flip-flopping on a little too much. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of where, where my head's at for, you know, but, but I think that this is good because this, this shows us what we're having issues with. So at least we know, we may not know how to course correct, but we know that we, the areas in which we need to course correct. Right. Right. I mean, maybe that's the first part of it. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, No. Well, so it's, you're caught up in what steps are needed to get to the end goals that you want to present. Right. Because you feel like if you're too broad, it's not going to be specific enough to help anybody get to, Ooh, that was a good pop. Yeah, yeah, I get, I've been getting some good ones lately. Nice. Jeez. Um, yeah, I wonder if that's why my uh, so I have to buy, but whenever I buy um, like uh, dress shirts, uh, I have to buy a special, like I have to buy ones with a special, like if I'm going to button it all, all the way up with a tie, I have to buy special ones because my neck is wider than the rest of my body. Like it doesn't. Yeah, you have a weird shaped body. You're like. Okay, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> 38, 26, 34. Uh, but with you, it's your neck, chest, waist. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. My neck is wider than, like, my neck is disproportionately wider to the rest of my body than anything else is. I don't know what that is. Interesting. It's unique. <laughs> yeah. Way to make lemonade out of that one. <laughs> um, so, so, you know... How about, I, I how, guess, about, how about uh, with your stuff, why don't you identify a small problem that people might have uh, before getting to the end goal and writing a, a step-by-step process to accomplish that small problem? So you mean I effectively solve my own problem by trying to write a guide for somebody else, like by doing research and trying to write a guide for someone else? Right. So uh, maybe I have a problem... Uh, I'm maximizing my fun quadrant, <laughs> whatever that is, you know? <laughs> right. I forgot about the fun quadrant. <laughs> what's, what's the, uh, what are some steps and tips, tips and steps and processes to get to that optimizational maximized fun quadrant? Oh my God. You're, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it makes me realize how many buzzwords I must use. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. I mean, you say lots of words. I'm glad some of them buzz. Yeah. Well, I also think that it gives um, 
you know, like I don't want to completely give away the the tool bag that I use um, to to be, you know, convincing or do, you know, whatever. But I think that's definitely a part of it is that so many people um, like English has kind of become really, really kind of blase and very uh, emoji. Very, yeah. Monotone and like, oh, my God, it was amazing. Like, like, have you heard that uh, Louis C.K. bit about hilarious? Mm um, so this is before any story came out about him doing all sorts of inappropriate things and whatever. So I'm not, I'm not, I want to put the, put the precursor out there that I'm not like showing my support or saying I'm still a fan or, you know, anything like that. I just throwing that out there, but he did have a bit, um, before that, that I thought was pretty act or pretty apropos and that he was saying like he was at a coffee shop and he heard people saying like, Oh my God, that's amazing. It's unbelievable. Hilarious. Like using words like that for just like every, everyday things. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not unbelievable. You just saw it. Like, and that is, it's, a, they were talking about such a mundane thing. It's, it's hilarious, meaning that it's so funny that it might drive you insane, but they're talking about a meme or like a Snapchat or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so things have just kind of, like I, I feel like the the English language has kind of lost some of its like vibrance, or or there was you know when you when you see people like us like you know there's that's why those quotes by like Oscar Wilde seem so fucking brilliant. It's just because the manner in which the the ideas behind them are not necessarily so complex. Sometimes they are, but, yeah, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's very simple ideas, but the way in which you say them makes a whole lot of difference. And so that's kind of one of my one of my huge things that's why i i speak in the way that i do is because i recognized really early on that you know i do have some competency and i do have some skill but people seem to think that i have a whole lot more than i actually do just based on the way that in which i speak it's weird right right so it's all about that presentation maybe hmm hmm okay i feel that a little bit that's why i don't use curse words i feel like they're cop-outs yeah, I did notice about that about you. You very rarely curse. Yeah. I just feel like those those words are just too easy. Yeah. It's easier to, you know, flower mm. it up a little bit. Like uh should we do a should we do a, a watch through and a review of Dead Poets Society? Uh I guess if you want. <laughs> You're like, uh maybe. <laughs> okay. So um so how should we go about course correcting? Because we want to make sure we, at, well, at the very least by December, we feel like 10 out of 10 that we're going we're gonna to knock this one out of the park. Well, it, it sounds like we both feel like we're at the extreme ends of the stream or air wind stream, however you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I need to stop waiting and be more proactive. Okay. So I can't just put things out there and expect people to come to it. I need to tell people they exist and then, hey, come watch this, please. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um, you suffer from the same thing that I do, which is that even when I do put something out on social media or like I I try and put something out on the internet or I try and, you know, whatever – I never want to draw people's attention back to it or anything like that. I never want to, I like put it out there. I'm like, okay, whatever engagement I get, that's what it is. Like it is what it is. You know, it's, it's like, I feel like it's not something I'm trying to like seek after, or I'm trying to like achieve, or I'm trying to like hunt basically. But, uh-huh. but I think that's the way it has to be, you know, like, I, I don't think 
that the first time you put a video out there and the first you're like, okay, I posted on Twitter, you know. Well, I think, <laughs> but I, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, like, look, guys, I'm making a vlog on YouTube. Uh, here it is. Oh no, no, no! I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's that's absolutely great. I think the thing is that you have to constantly remind people to go check it out. That's the thing I don't like. Right. Exactly. I, I don't like that jab, either. Jab, jab, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I always feel like I'm I'm demanding too much, or I'm asking too much, or I'm going to seem like you know whatever, or I'm, or I'm like, oh man, he he's taking on the um, like I, I feel like people are going to feel like, oh man, what does this guy think he is? Like, you know. Why is he so full of himself or why does he think that we care about his shit? But I'm coming to find out like it's like I consume so much information on a daily basis, some of it helpful and relevant and some of it not. But but I do it anyways and I never really give a second thought about like, oh, who's this person? Why should I? Whatever. It 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 just happens like that. Right. Especially especially like the reason why I brought up the nerd writer is because uh, I thought your video like that was kind of like d- not the same in terms of content or, or anything like that, but but the same in terms of or very similar in terms of um, kind of its presentation style. And that's the part that I, I kind of I at least enjoy. And I know there's a pocket of people out there like me who enjoy kind of learning in an entertaining format. Mm hmm. And I thought that that's what your video was offering. And there's definitely a pocket of people who who like that sort of thing. Um, so, so I mean, I think you and I both have to work on just like being okay with drawing attention to ourselves. Yeah, I'm getting better. I mean, I'm putting things out there. That's a huge step for me. So yeah, oh, just yeah. being okay with saying I'm doing things and not hope uh, fearing that people are taking that as me being. Uh, what's the word that we're looking for? Yeah, I, I'm I'm searching for one. I I've only had a didn't even have bulletproof coffee today. Just had one cup of regular coffee, so I'm not quite stimulated. I also lost my house key, so that's so I had to go like run to Ace and grab a new key. And my whole day was kind of thrown out of whack. Uh, I still have your uh, spare key to your truck. <laughs> oh my god, you did! <laughs> I do. Oh shit! I forgot about that. I'm not worried okay. about coming off as, uh, you know, self righteous, gurury type people. Right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's kind of the way that I feel too. But, um, I think Marcus Aurelius and I've I've kind of been digging deep into Stoicism. If you if you know what I'm referring to, Marcus Aurelius um, isn't that another uh, Julius Caesar thing? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a philosopher. Wow. Um, we went ancient today. <laughs> yeah, and we're kind of going full circle on this. We can get back to talking about your duck salad. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, but I, I, uh, it, some, I'm way simplifying the quote, but it's something like, uh, as your thoughts are, so you will be too, or something like that. And it's like, it's like if I'm constantly worrying or thinking that, you know, oh my God, like, why do people care about me without my title or without whatever? Like the same things that you were kind of telling me, as soon as I kind of put that on the back burner, just by like, I kind of forgot about it. That's when things started kind of coming together. So it's like the, the more and more I act as somebody who thinks that I don't deserve, you know, whatever, or nobody should listen to me or whatever, then 
then of course that that action will manifest itself in terms of yeah then nobody will care nobody will listen or whatever but the more and more i think that i have something valuable to say and i have like work that is good the more and more other people believe it too it's the weirdest thing so so that's what you're going to do to stand up stream more um, I think I need something a little bit more concrete than that because that, that allows me too many outs. I think, um, I think you need to do a solve a problem. I think you need to start approaching your writing as solving problems. Yeah. I think maybe what I should do is I should try and do, I should try and see how much of my stuff lumps together. Like how much of my stuff, how much of the writing work that I've been doing can be, kind of grouped together into categories basically. And from those categories, I can, uh, I can sort of see, uh, sort of where, where my work should reside. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. Um, okay. No, never mind. I thought, <laughs> never mind. Sorry. Um, but but like in that way, I can kind of see where I have been drawn to the most and, and kind of maybe lump my work together. Maybe I'm working on two separate things at the same time, like like how you are simultaneously working on release of Eddie Mummy, but then also uh, Murder Mystery Night and then turning Murder Mystery Night into something larger in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Just because those are technically three separate projects doesn't mean that one doesn't enforce the other or you can't be working on them simultaneously. Right, right. So... So I think what I'm going to do to kind of get myself uh, upstream, downstream, whatever I said, the opposite of wherever I'm at right. is first I need to kind of categorize, categorize my stuff and then maybe maybe just like start to get a view on what I've actually been doing. Maybe it seems uh, a lot more scattered and erroneous um, than it actually is. You know, I, I actually haven't even done the legwork to find out whether or not there's validity in the feeling that, that, you know, I've, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So, so that might be a good start. Um, and then I, I kind of want to decide because it's one of those things where I, I'm not sure if, um, and this might be something you're familiar with actually, because obviously I need to put stuff out for free in order to generate an audience in, in terms of that work, you know, as opposed to just like my Instagram or an, an audience like that, this podcast, for instance. Um, but I also don't want to give away for free the content that I hope to later charge for, you know what I mean? So like if I am actually compiling a whole bunch of work and I put out a bunch of essays now for we've, we've free. We've talked about this. We've talked about this. This is the whole, I can buy a math workbook with a bunch of math problems in it. Yeah. And the answers are in the back, but I'm not going to know how to solve that math problem without a math teacher. Mm. Yes. So you're, right. you're not going to be giving away things that you can't, you know, once, as soon as you give it away, you're not going to be able to charge for it in the future. There's still room to, charge for things like you, you yourself access to you. You are the person that people are going to pay for, not this right. article you're writing or this blog post you're writing. It's going to be you. The essays the aren't necessarily the hard product. It's me. That's the hard product. And then exactly. How many books has Tony Robbins written? I don't know. How many people still go to his talks or conferences? Millions. Exactly. So what? 
he basically gives everything away there except him himself. That's what he saves for. Yeah, that's true. And he also actually sells a whole lot of stuff. Um, or like he actually puts out a whole lot of like so much like video content and stuff like that, just in like email chains and you can find it all on YouTube or like he puts it out. He puts a lot of stuff out there on the internet for free. Right. But yeah, you're right. He obviously is, is still making a ton of money. So, so it's not, the value isn't just in the, okay. Interesting. Right. So it's not so much your system that you're developing here. I mean, that's a large part of it, but, uh, no one, no one, people are looking for someone to show them a way out of their problem, not how to solve the problem. That's not what people want. People want someone to fix it for them, for them to show them what they what they've been doing to not get out of that hole that they've dug themselves into. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's given me quite a bit to think about. <laughs> so you're going to start just creating content and just start, you have to start putting it out there. Yeah, you're right. That's that's an accountability issue. And, you know, I can give you a problem every week and you could solve it or however or optimize it however you want to approach things. <laughs> yeah. And uh I, I think I think I mean, I know I I'm trying to do it with this whole YouTube thing, just putting things out there. So if you don't start now, it's gonna take you a long time to actually start gaining that traction you want. Yeah. And I, and you know, since we are almost already three months in, it's like, if we don't really have that kind of time to waste. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, so do that, but I'm simultaneously also going to see if I can categorize and maybe it ends up not mattering, you know, just put it out there, but also see where, where I can focus or reassess my, my, uh, goals or, or my progress at the moment. And then, uh, but if you're, if you're you, afraid of, uh, giving out too much, information or you're overselling something because you do over explain a lot <laughs> uh, if you have like a 5,000 word essay on overhead I don't know what you write about because you don't share it yeah you have I, I upload it to the internet half. but I keep it on a I keep it on a private page that's not that's not searchable right son of Sam Malone yeah dot blogspot dot why why is it this live dot com <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but if you're afraid that you're over-explaining something, like look at your article again. Are you being redundant? Are you going too deep into certain parts? Or are there maybe paragraph headlines that you can probably use in a smaller type of post so you're, you don't feel like you're giving away too much? I see what you're saying. So let's say three steps to eating healthier. It's like one, more kale. Two, less duck. <laughs> three... <laughs> Onions for breakfast type of thing. Right. But if you go uh, more kale because it has something fiber and the fiber does this and your, your metabolism and, the, and, the, and, this and this happens and then, and then it, it translates into multiple venues of bloodstreams and clears up this. I, <laughs> I'm just mumbling. I have no idea what I'm saying right now. But is, is that what it's like when I'm talking about this kind of shit? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so that's what so um, that's what that uh, what was it called? Law of diminishing returns episode. Law of diminishing returns. That's what oh, it felt yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. You should. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. And that's why yeah, I tried yeah. adding fun quadrants and what was the other? Yeah, one? I was, watermelon I was getting... quadrant and 
the watermelon quadrant. Yeah, I was getting really analytical on that one. You're right. Well, so also maybe you should, maybe you should make a video about editing your work and then I can use that to like <laughs> really figure out how to my process for like paring stuff down if something's actually good, if it's not good, yada, yada. All right. I will do that. I need to come up with a new topic for my podcast next week. Your, your vlog? Uh, my vlog. I'm sorry. I don't have a secret podcast that I haven't told you about. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, and then as for you know your course correction, I guess you could say, what uh what do you think the the key elements to kind of driving your your forward progression are going to be? I think right now I need to I have this grand idea of Winter Mystery Night. It's a big idea, and I just need to break that down into smaller steps, chunk it up. And I was yeah. I was waiting it, for someone to kind of just swoop in and give me money to make it happen because money solves all problems. But now I have no more money, so I think I'm just going to attempt to find more money, but not the large amount that I was looking for. But maybe do it one project at a, at a time as opposed to the entire night at one time. Yeah, a lump sum that requires a whole right. lot more funding and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely a good approach. I'm I'm always a favor of of breaking things down into smaller components, having smaller uh, smaller victories that kind of like sustain you and and you know keep you. Uh, trucking forward right um yeah i mean i mean i think that's a good direction to go so uh, yeah i think we i think there's a whole lot of value in periodically seeing how how far we've come to our goals because there's a whole lot of stuff that can get lost in in the wayside um so maybe maybe around month five or month six we should do another check-in and see where we're at yeah i think six months we should do another check-in because i don't know this is making me feel better yeah, yeah, me too. How things are going? Well, not only am I like really fired up. Like after this, I'm I'm just gonna go read all the all the essays and stuff. But um, also, it's like yeah, I do want to develop that that kind of uh, stepwise, you know, function about figuring out like okay, how how can I break this up? If I'm not happy with this as my end product, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's not bad. It just means maybe I can modulate it a bit. I can I can change it up. I can do something like that, and and that can shift my perception of where i'm at probably by quite a bit right yeah man yeah all right well let's uh let's make sure we do a check-in at six months and uh as always just you know don't don't fucking stop don't stop keep moving forwards ever backwards never Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.